Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, Greg Gray, you are the founder of Gray Solutions. You're a podcaster with business owner Freedom. And uh, by the way, I was on this show. And a matter of fact, I'm kind of scrolling back. Uh, if someone wants to go back and listen, I think this was a little while ago. I'm kind of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. But if you look up in your favorite podcast app and uh, you go back and look up just business owner Freedom is the name of the show. I'm still scrolling back. It, boy. Oh, here we go. Episode 38. This was May, published May 3rd of 2019. Uh, the episode title, Up My Influence with Josh Elledge, episode 38. Definitely go listen to that one after this call. Uh, but Greg, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Now, Greg, what we want to talk about on this show is we're going to talk about developing systems so that the business owner man, can have an easier life. Uh, and so I think a lot of people are hip to, you know, knowing that they can hire uh, talent. There's some great systems for that, whether it's Fiverr or Upwork or FreeUp, which we do a lot of work with now. Um, there's some great programs out there. But I think that an area that a lot of uh, growing business owners uh, an area that we struggle with is developing those systems and delegating in a way that's going to be successful. Now, sometimes you'll luck out and you really get a diamond and they don't need these systems. They can kind of develop it as they go, or maybe they have some experience. And I got to tell you that, you know, I've had lightning strike a few times for me. I've got some really, really amazing people on the team, but at the same time, Greg, I've had people, we've brought them on and they just, you know, within a month or three, it just doesn't work out. Like, and, you know, I, I, if I'm being honest, I don't think it was, I don't think it was their fault. You know, I, I think, you know, maybe a little bit, but I really should have done some different things uh, to, to create an environment where they could thrive. Um, and, and so that's what I want to focus on. And so can you give me a little background of why you're qualified to talk on this subject? Oh, absolutely. So my my deep background came from the corporate world. I used to run manufacturing plants and divisions for companies, and mm -hmm. and so had thousands of people report to me at times, and 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 many many managers and and different levels. And so going through and and trying to be efficient, effective in a business has been something I've worked on for many many years. And and so now I stepped out in two thousand ten uh, to start my own firm to go and help businesses learn how to do that better because I found that was a, a uh, special area that I could I could dive into and I was really good at and it was sort of my uh, zone of genius if you will is working with people in process mm -hmm. so that's what's that's what got me to where I am today oh, yeah and so okay so the work that you do now is you work with a lot of small SMB small medium-sized business owners and yep. you help them develop uh, this system. And, and what is that process? Of course, I think you and I talked before this call and we talked about, you know, it, it's really important to kind of set some 
set a foundation first of like where you're going, what your vision is. Why is that critical to developing systems uh, for bringing on employees? Well, if you don't have a vision, if you don't know, and, and the vision is the where, that's where you're going to go. If you don't know yeah. where you want to go, and if you don't have a mission statement, which is why you're doing what you do, and if you don't have core values, which is how you're going to do what you do, if you don't have those three things, then you can't express that to the people that are coming on board. So whether you're hiring somebody that's sitting next to you in, a, in another room or a desk across your office or somebody that's virtual overseas, they can't understand what they're trying to meet and what they're trying to do. That To them, their yeah. task becomes irrelevant. It's just a task. And so to take them to a higher level, you have to explain vision, mission, and values to really get them to understand. And, and the yeah. vision story helps you as a business owner really encapsulate that into your own words so you can, you can preach it to people. What is the risk of not having that and just saying, hey, listen, we're just going to have a transactional relationship. You're going to do this job. I'm going to pay you money. End of story. Well, you may experience what you experienced is you end up having <laughs> yeah. a- <laughs> I'm not saying that's what I did, but <laughs> there was probably some other areas that, 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 that I dropped the ball. Well, I mean, you'll just roll people over. You, that, that's my whole yeah. point is you'll just experience the turnover and you'll experience wasted time and energy. You think, wow, I spent time getting this person up to speed. Mm-hmm. Two months later, they're gone. And now here I go again. And so it becomes a cost of business that you could um, you, you could cut that cost out. You could actually grow people into exactly who you want them to be. Now, that doesn't mean that you couldn't hire the wrong person and still have this issue. But the, the percentage of the issue goes down. So... You, again, you can become more efficient, more effective. You speed up the transaction so they understand where you're going and why. So as they're making judgment decisions and you're not available, they can understand, does it fit that that model of the mission and the, and the values and, and the vision? And if it doesn't, they can say, oh, this doesn't make sense. Let me, let me wait before I make this mistake. Let me call and just see or, or send them an email and see what, let me clarify. So it gives, it gives clarity. And anytime you're not clear, you don't have clarity you may end up exactly where you should be, which is not where you wanted to be. You know, Tony Robbins tells the story of uh, Tony Shea, uh, and, and I'm sure you know this story, but, you know, where his, uh, I guess some of his executives, and, and Tony Shea is the founder of, was it Zap, 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 Zapatos? Yeah. Zappos. Zappos, yeah, that's what, yeah, <laughs> I think it's a Spanish word. So Zappos, and um, so, and, and again, I may be off on the details, but apparently uh, two executives were having an argument over what they should do, and, uh, and, and one of them says, well, we need to ask Tony. Now, unbeknownst to them, Tony's listening to them, and he's overhearing this conversation outside the door, and the other guy goes, you know, hell with Tony. It doesn't matter what Tony says. These, this is our purpose. These are our values. It's an easy decision. And, and Tony Shea said when he heard that, he knew they were going to be a billion-dollar company. Right, exactly. Okay, I'm probably off on the details, but the, but the general idea is like, you know, if your team gets the values, they get the purpose, like, it's like, you know, when you're faced with a difficult decision, and we do that right now, it's like our purpose, like what we do, we turn thoughtful entrepreneurs into media celebrities. And our core belief is that everybody has a message that can positively impact the world. And so you break that down, and we've got values of democratization and, and so forth. Um, and I'll tell you that um, we've been faced with some, you know, decisions we've had to make in committee with some of my leadership, and that has been really, really helpful. And, you know, we'll kind of look at it. We'll look at the, you know, kind of, the, you know, having our values up on the board. We'll look at that and say, you know what? It's uncomfortable, 
but this is probably the right decision for us. Is that, so it kind of sounds like what, what we're talking about, right? Yeah, what we like to say is the, the core values of your business are your guardrails. They keep you mm. in the road that you're supposed to be in. And if for some reason you keep hitting the guardrail, you need to call a timeout and say, okay, do we need to redo our values? Because we're, we're going to make a strategic decision to go a different direction. Or we need to say, okay, we, we got to quit doing what we're doing. Quit asking these questions we're asking over and over again because they're not really serving us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so once we have our mission, purpose, and values, uh, and we're bringing somebody on board, um, tell me what you, like, what are best practices for onboarding? How much of this stuff, you know, what do you bring on a new, even if it's just a VA, eight dollars an hour, like, what do you like to do to set them up so that they can succeed? Uh, And maybe this relates to our mission, you know, our, our mission purpose. Yeah, real simple. I mean, every person that you hire, whether they're a VA, whether they're an employee, whether they're a subcontractor, it doesn't matter who they are. They're all a human being. So, and human beings need direction and they need clarity. So, the first thing we always want to do is clarify the role that they're going to serve. What are you hiring them into? So, do you have a, what we, we call it a roles and responsibilities. Some people call it a job description, whatever you want to call it. Do you have that clearly identified? And for, for somebody doing a small job that's uh, virtual, it may be a very short document. For somebody mm-hmm. that's an employee, it could be a lot longer document. But you always at the top of that uh, role and responsibilities is the mission statement and the values. That's their first objective. They have to meet those first. If they don't meet those, then they've failed. And then right below that is the actual tactical stuff that they're going to do for the company. And you need to make sure they understand those tactical things. And the key is, how are you measuring that they did those things correctly? So if you have things yeah. they're supposed to do, but you have no measurements or no no way to evaluate whether they did it right or not, You've sort of missed half the battle and you want to show them in essence, how to win, how to be a winner because everybody wants to be a winner. If you, mm-hmm. if you're hiring somebody and they don't care about that, then you really just hired the wrong person. So, uh-huh. you know, that's pretty rare, but it happens, but everybody wants to be a winner. Even a VA, you know, and, I, and I've hired some myself that even if they may do a project for you for three months, they want to win. They want to, they want you at the end of the thing of, man, you did a great job. And so they want to know how to win. So that's the first thing you set up. The other thing you have to do is, as a business owner is decide what are the processes I have in my business and do I have those covered by somebody or each one of those processes mm-hmm. covered. So you create what we call process roadmap. And just the very short version is it's almost like an org chart, but we don't believe in org charts with people's names. We believe in org charts with the roles and responsibilities. We want to be people agnostic and but role heavy. And if you have every process covered, and you have every role identified, now you can put the proper people in those seats, if you will. And that is, in essence, your org chart. Okay. So um, in terms of how how important is uh, company culture as uh, as a function of supporting this? And and ultimately, you know, again, I I think what we want to create is, uh, you know, and Greg, if I'm being frank with you, you know, I'm, I'm putting in a good 50, 60, 70 hours every week and running my company. Now, I think we're at a really critical phase of our business. So, I don't feel like I'm quite ready to take the, my foot off the gas, but I want to. And, you know, what's going to enable me to do that, obviously, is, you know, having great leaders, you know, within the organization, have those leaders be able to handle the operations. They know everything's documented, like everything is just second nature. It's a rewarding uh, environment. Um, you know, I have a vision for me. 
I have a vision for our clients. Now, I also have a vision for our employees. And there's, you know, uh, you know, creating a great work-life balance, you know, allowing them, you know, ultimate flexibility with their schedule. But um, it, 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 let me ask specifically um, in regards to culture, what happens if your team is completely virtual? What can you do? Well, it, the culture is still just as important. There, there is no different. I mean, whether you have a, a brick and mortar or you have a, a, a virtual, um, the culture is still critical. And we always say that, you know, the people in the processes are in the middle and the culture is like, is like a wrapper around the outside of it. The culture is what holds everything together. If you have the improper culture, I don't care if you're virtual or brick and mortar, you will suffer. Culture is much more important than even strategy. Strategy can make, make you look good for a short term. Culture is what makes you look good for a long term. And mm-hmm. so, so that if, you, if you ask the question specifically about vir, uh, virtual organizations, I've actually helped and, and, and actually run a virtual organization myself. The culture there to me is even more imperative, even though it's just as imperative for either one, but it, uh, even virtual, because if you're not seeing that person day in and day out, right. when, they're, when they're offline from you and they're working for eight hours and they haven't touched you, you it kind of becomes this isolation factor, becomes this loneliness yeah. factor. And so you need to be very intentional about reaching out to them and, and keeping the message in front of them and, and keeping the mission and values in front of their face because it can become very lonely and very uh, uh, disjointed from a virtual standpoint if you're not careful. But I will tell you, a virtual organization can be extremely efficient. Yeah. Extremely life balancing. I mean, if you're talking balanced life, I mean, I couldn't live in, I couldn't, I couldn't live in the corporate world again. I mean, I've lived there, mm-hmm. I've been there and it, it's tough. Yeah. You've been uh, ruined. <laughs> yeah, I have been ruined. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm certifiably unemployable at this point. Right. <laughs> Um, so someone who says, well, culture, that's just like, you know, Hawaiian shirt Friday or, you know, karaoke after work on Wednesday. Uh, right. Help me understand. Uh, it, can you kind of define what culture means, please? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make it real clear. Culture is when you're interacting with your company, whether you're a customer, an employee, a, a contractor, a VA, a vendor, what, it doesn't matter. It's the way you feel when you've dealt with that company. So when you're using Zappos as an example, if you return something to Zappos, you felt great, even though it was a return yeah. you didn't get what you want. Okay. They had to have that same feeling through their employees too. Otherwise you wouldn't have felt that as a customer. So the way you feel that it's, it's literally the culture of an organization is the mindset of the organization. So we always mm. talk about leaders and our mindset and how critical that is. And that's more important than anything else we can work on. Well, it's the same thing for the organization. The mindset of the organization is the most important thing you can work on. I walk into really credible companies. I was in a, a few weeks ago, I was in a company, it's a $50 million company, very successful. You looked at their P&L, we'd all go, man, these guys were rocking it. Their culture was horrible. And you go, wait a minute, if culture is the most important thing, how could they be so successful? But it wasn't that they were successful. It was that they were all pulling their hair out and they're all ready to leave. And these are all the owners of the company. And yet they were, calling me and going, oh, we got to do something. This is not going to, the ship was starting to fall apart. And looking from the outside, it looked beautiful. On the inside, they were about to explode or implode. Um, and so the culture can be uh, the thing that takes you down or a thing that builds you up. It is the bedrock of everything you do. It is the mindset of the company. Yeah. And Greg, how do I, I know, obviously, so you work uh, in consulting and you help uh, great small business owners 
um, you know, kind of develop these systems and processes. What does that typically look like? What does engagement look like with you? So typically, they, we have a couple of calls a month what we do through Zoom, and we, we really walk through the details. We actually have a proprietary program that we walk them through called Four Steps to Business Freedom. And what that does is it takes a business owner from working those 60, 70 hours a week to whatever their vision story they've outlined. So they may say, I want to only work 30, 30 hours a week. I want to take Fridays off. I want to yep. take two weeks every quarter and go on a vacation with my wife. And if that's what they want to do, then we help them build what that is. Uh, the, the structure is to make that and facilitate that to happen. And a lot of the companies we work with have multiple owners and multiple owners have different objectives. And we, we sit down and figure out what that is. The whole goal is not for us to walk in and just let the owners have a, a you know, free time. It's a whole lot more than I tell you. They also have rev, you know, revenue objectives and profitability objectives and, and culture objectives and all those things that they want to change. And so we walk through, um, it typically takes, it depends on the company, but it can be nine months to 18 months, depending on how, how much work we got to do. And we, we engage with them twice a month because they have a lot of homework. We work with their teams if need be. We go on site if need be to, to do some team organizational development. Wow. Um, and so it depends on their need, but we literally start with a vision story. We work all the way through delegation. We teach them how to have proper meetings, proper communication in the company. We put their systems and processes in place. And, and when they're done, they have a, 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 a company that not only is it uh, more profitable and, and a nicer place to work and, and, and attracts better employees, but it's also probably increased in, in uh, sellability by two or three times, if not five or six times. Wow. Because wow. When, when you have systems and processes in place, now I can buy your company. If it's run by people that don't have processes in place, I'm buying mm. you. I'm not buying a company. I can't yeah. buy you. Yeah. It's not repeatable. Uh, so there's a lot of reasons to do this and it's not just for the day to day. I mean, some, some guys and gals hire us to come in and, and clean it up and they, they want to stay there another 20 years. Others, they're going, okay, now that it's all cleaned up, we can sell it and do what we really want to do. Mm-hmm. It depends, but it, we have both of those cases going on. Wow. Well, that's quite an offer. Um, Greg, how do people find out about you typically? Like where, how do I know you're a podcaster? Is that where yeah. most people bump into you? Yeah, that's usually typically where they go. It's businessownerfreedom.com. They go there and they see like, you know, the interview that I'm going to head you on the show and they listen to what we what you're talking about. They listen to your expertise and they, we have other mm-hmm. people like you on that have different expertises. Some is marketing, some is leadership, you know, organizational development. I mean, all kinds of things that we bring people on for. And, mm-hmm. and so you can get a lot of good uh, tactical knowledge and, and strategic knowledge from the show. And then they typically reach out and go, okay, how do, how do I go to the next level? What, how do I, mm. how do I, turn my company into what I want it to look like. And so yeah. business owner freedom, business owner freedom.com is a great place to, to find me. They can good, me good, good, good. Okay. So, uh, so again, for the person who's listening to us uh, again, just in your podcast app, search for business owner freedom, get to go back, binge, listen to every single episode Greg's ever done. <laughs> what, what do you think would happen if they did that? Like, you know, the experts that you've been able to have conversations with and, and you do, looks like you do some solo episodes as well. Yes. Um, they're gonna yeah. they're gonna move forward, and I would think they would they would they would uh, be really really good for achieving some of these goals that we talked about. It'll strike a chord with them, and you know whatever their need is, hopefully they'll trip over one there. They go, well, this is the one I need today. There's there's yeah. some, there's some pretty good people there that have really done some great things in in the life, and and we really try to work on the business and the life. It was not just business; mm-hmm. it's both. Uh, that's why we call it yeah. business under freedom because to have freedom, you have to have both. They have to be in yeah. congruency. 
Well, excellent. Well, you're also on the web at gregorygray.com. So, Greg, I, I, I want to thank you so much. Uh, this was really, really great. I, I got some real ideas. Uh, really appreciate Thank you much for joining us. Hey, uh, it's my pleasure. And if, if you are ready, whenever you decide to slide that foot off that gas pedal and put a couple other people's feet on that gas pedal, I'm here to help you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence each month. We scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.